WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinkew and I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. How you doing, Megan? I'm doing great, thank you. Great to hear. Uh, hope all of our listeners had a great and safe New Year's weekend. Uh, I know I had a great time, went back home and just relaxed. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Uh, did you have a good New Year's? I did, I did. Um... I mean, I was up here for New Year's, but I've been home for the past few weeks, so it wasn't really anything new, yeah, you know. Like might, as well, might as well celebrate up here. <laughs> right. Yeah, I went home like Wednesday, just hang out for a few days. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. But uh, definitely have a lot to get to on this show today. Obviously, we're going to get to the Spartans bowl game, Lions, little Spartan basketball, Pistons, Red Wings. We got a full slate, so let's kick off the show. All right. Now. It pains me to start off the show with the bowl game, but we have to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michigan State Spartans face the Alabama Crimson Tide this Saturday in Orlando for the Capital One Bowl. Game was at 1 o'clock. Spartans got trounced. Uh, I don't know how other way to say it. Uh, 49-7 was the final score, and those seven points came later in the fourth quarter when obviously it, it didn't even matter. Now, real fast, I want to pose a question to all of our listeners. With this loss in this bowl game, you know, the Spartans end at 11-2, and uh, you know, a very good season. What are your final thoughts on the season? Are you happy with how the season has played out? Does this bowl game just leave a sour taste in your mouth for next season? I just want to know what the fans think. After all is said and done, 11-2, and we got beat bad in this bowl game. What are your thoughts on the season? Give me a call, 517-432-3893. Now, before I go on my tirade, I want to ask you, Megan. Obviously, we both watch this game. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, 100% honesty. I didn't watch the whole entire thing. That's how annoyed I was. Neither did I. I will be. Yes. Neither did I. (laughs) Um, it it was a. They got wrecked. Um, the one thing when I called in last week we had to capitalize on was our rushing and you look at the the numbers it was 275 for for Bama against negative 48 against us negative 48 negative 48 Woo. and i it's just it's heartbreaking and you know it was there's so many different angles to look at this game uh-huh. because or even the season in general because obviously it's a great season 11 to like we're known for being about 50-50 or forty, or sixty forty. You know, like yeah. we're, we're eight and four ball club. You know, right. lose your bowl game, eight and five, maybe right. nine and four, like we were two years ago. Right, and it's for for being such a season with so many surprises from us, I would have loved to see us win a, win against Alabama because you know we haven't won a bowl game since two thousand one. Yep. We talked about it before, and it would have been awesome, you know, to end a season like that. And as for a sour taste, somewhat because it's not always good, to, like really fun to end on a loss, and you know, start like a season like that, especially. Um, yes, but. I I think we, as we said last week, it should have been a lot closer game. We just got injured nonstop. Just yeah. I was listening. To, I was listening to announcers, and I was laughing because they go, "Well, it looks like the Spartans are going down." You know, one one player a play, and <laughs> I I was with a bunch of guys, and we all just started laughing just because it was funny. I don't know. It just I don't know. It was just it was a little. It was a little uh, embarrassing. Yeah, I think a little. Yeah, is an understatement for that one. Uh, they got annihilated. Uh, I've never seen a beatdown like this in a bowl game by a team that was 11 and one. Um, I'm not taking anything away from this team's regular season. Uh, this team played a phenomenal regular season. They took advantage of their week schedule to a degree, uh, you know, and found ways to win games. That's what this team has been doing all season. Uh, you know, great resiliency. You know, in the game against Northwestern, Purdue. You can look at even Penn State holding on to that win. Uh, you know, they did a good job at that. Now going into this game. Like we talked last week about it, I didn't think they were going to win. Um, I did not believe they were going to win this game, but by no means did I think they were going to lose by 42 points. Um, I thought this was going to be a closer game. Uh, I believe I picked it to be around 27-24, like a three mm-hmm. to seven point game was kind of my range for this uh, for this loss mm-hmm. that we uh, that I thought we would have. The fact that this game was 28 nothing by the half, you knew it was over. I knew it was over after it was 21 nothing. Uh, personally, um, if you remember this touchdown, Mark Ingram. 
Uh, you know, his one catch the whole game, six missed tackles by the state. If you remember this play, he's running down the left sideline, and we couldn't tackle. It's like he had just, you know, butter all over him. I mean, it was just ridiculous. We couldn't bring this guy down, and then the next play, six-yard TD run in the second quarter. The game was 21 nothing, and it was out of hand. Um, it, it wasn't out of hand just because of the case it was 21 nothing. Michigan State almost looked like they got shot. The whole team got shot with trank darts before the game. <laughs> I mean, they they just looked sluggish. They really did. They just, I mean, that offensive line got abused. Mm-hmm. They got, I mean, and the whole team got abused. But the offensive line, I'm not trying to just single out one group or one player on this team, but the offensive line was atrocious. It was absolutely awful. That's why Cousins got beat up. That's why when he got that blindside sack, we saw that fumble. That I mean, that was to me the biggest point of this game. The biggest point because we had what a beautiful pass by Cousins to Lincecum. What, I mean, catch the game, honestly, better than any catch Alabama's players made or any the Michigan State players made the rest of the game. Got down to the three-yard line. You know, it's first and goal. You know, start of the second quarter, it's 14 nothing. You're thinking, okay, Te- you know, this team's got a shot to make this, you know, 14-7 and start clawing their way back. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Not at all. They, I mean, just, you know, garbage, you know, garbage play on first down, garbage play on second down, and before you know it on third down, Cousins gets sacked bad, and it goes all the way back to the 39-yard line for fourth and goal. That, to me, is out of this world. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe, I mean, that's why we have negative rushing yards. This contact of mine is about to jump out of my eye. <laughs> I see you holding your face over yeah, there. Yeah, I'm holding, yeah, my eye, that's all right. <laughs> I got to tough through it. I mean, if the Spartans could play through that beat down. I can do this. So <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe with our quarterback situation, we ended up with Keith Nickel. As oh yeah, Keith Nickel and Ant- finish out the, and he was the one that scored for us. He had yeah, the scoring touchdown he pass, did. and that's just unbelievable. No, I mean you know Maxwell, he probably was just shivering and shaking having to come into this game, <laughs> seeing how badly beaten down we were getting. I mean, it was the entire game. This wasn't just a half of football where we got beat up. This was the entire all four quarters. Alabama looked like almost an NFL team out there, mm-hmm. it felt like. Uh, this team, and this is why I, we were talking about this earlier, and I really w- I wish if this team would have had a chance to go to the Sugar Bowl and play Arkansas, this game would not have, it would not have been the same. Arkansas is definitely not as good of a team as Alabama is. Alabama is way better than being ranked 16th in the nation. Way better. Mm-hmm. Okay, they lost by a point to Auburn at you know at the end of the year. They lost to LSU by three points, as we've said. And they lost to South Carolina. The SEC is a brutal conference, and you know what? They fell short a couple times. Alabama is as good as oh, they're they are good. Okay, I, I just can't get past it. They they came out with such hunger and ferocity. Michigan State, honestly, they just look like JV players to varsity players if you look at it in high school fashion. Mm-hmm. They just look like they were just so shell shocked. It, it, I mean, look at it. You want to look at it in comparison to the Iowa game. I see a lot of similarities. That's what I. That's exactly what I said. Watching it, I said, "Oh, yeah. here comes the Iowa game all over again." Exactly. <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, it had the same feel to it of just the game getting out of hand by the second quarter, by mistakes. I mean, that was a bad Cousins interception that he threw there in the first quarter when we're driving down the field and it was only seven nothing. You know, it, it's the exact kind of tempo of a game that the Iowa game was going. Iowa again, great running attack. Killed us on the ground. Alabama abused us on the ground. Almost 300 yards rushing, as Megan has said. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gashed us. The only reason we have, I know, minus 48 yards rushing sounds dreadful, as it is dreadful. But that's also because, I mean, like I said, that fumble play, that, that knocked us back like 25, 30 yards. And we just couldn't run the ball all day. Right. And they were pretty even with passing and rushing. And that's that was huge. Oh, no, definitely because huge. Because we were way ahead with passing. We were 219 passing, negative 48 rushing. And, I mean, they, those <laughs> offset each other so much when they had 275 rushing and 271 passing. Yeah. And that's exactly why, like, they were just, they were killing us. On they were times. balanced. They were killing us everywhere. It was just everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. There's just not one place where I could be like, yeah, right here we did all right. But here, you know, they killed us on. No, it was just. Yeah. You know, it was everywhere. just this one play that just kind of right. broke it down. For, no, it was every moment. Mm-hmm. It was everything. I mm-hmm. completely agree. Uh, there was not one moment in this game where I felt. No, I'll, I'll take that back. Like I said, when they were on the when they were at the three yard line, and it was first and goal. I thought, all right. They can punch this in. Now we kind of have a game. Mm -hmm. We kind of have a game. They have a shot. I know Alabama still has a chance to blow it open, but they might not. Mm -hmm. Well, after that fumble, I mean, I I, thank God they recovered it. I mean, that's, I guess, some kind of saving grace on that play. But what did it count to? Uh, Nothing. I mean, you look at like we talked about, you know, Michigan State needs to be able to run the ball. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to run the ball. What did they do? Baker ran 12 carries, 14 yards. 
12, I mean, 1.2 yards a carry. I mean, you're talking a <laughs> bunch of nothing there. And, I mean, I have to give all the credit in the world to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Alabama played a fantastic game. They really did. And I think this game was a measuring stick for what we were talking about before. Michigan State, to gain the credibility, to gain the kind of respect of the elite teams in college football. You know, teams like... No, teams like Auburn, you know, teams like USC, Texas, you know, you can go on and on with the powerhouses that have been for a while. Michigan State had a chance to at least, if they kept the game competitive against a team like Alabama, I believe they would have gained some respect. Yeah. They didn't. When you lose 49 to 7, you lose all the credibility you had. And at the same time, I do believe that that is, you know, the reason that we're in a game like this is because of the flaw of the bowl system in general. You know, the, the bowl system in general is why we ended up in a game where we were overmatched. We never should have been playing a team like Alabama. I, I know we were ranked higher than them. I get that. But Alabama never should have been ranked that low. You know, like I said, you lose late, you lose spots, you win early, people forget. It's the same thing. Okay? Now, Michigan State, overall, I'm still going to say, they had they had a very good year. They had a very, very good year. I can't say great. I can't say great after that loss. I still know, listen, Big Ten champions, first time in 20 years, okay? Most wins this team has ever had in the history of the school, 11 wins. That's fantastic. But still, when it comes down to the big moment, when it comes down to games like Iowa, where you know you need to win that game, or a game like this where you need to at least stay competitive, national television, everybody's watching this game. It's the only game on practically at 1 o'clock, other than, I guess, if you want to watch Mississippi State Michigan. You know, everyone's watching this game. Everyone wants to see Alabama-Michigan State. It's actually, you know, like we said, great storyline. It's going to be a decent matchup. Right. The game was a joke. Mm-hmm. Just embarrassing. It's just, you got to win where it counts. You got to mm-hmm. I mean, it's postseason, obviously, and it's the bowl game and everything, but you got to win where people are really going to be watching you and where it counts. Bowl week is a huge week for football fans. I was in my house, and every single day my dad had ESPN on yeah, watching every single game. There was bowl some game. game. It exactly. didn't matter who it was. It was There's always a bowl game on. And I mean, like, Michigan was on at 1.30, and I know we had it on, like, the computer yeah and then it's like michigan split screen state, and then yeah exactly like we had them on but we were paying more attention to michigan state obviously than we were to michigan and it's just you gotta win where people are watching you gotta win when the pressure's on you gotta win when you should and well maybe not we shouldn't have won like we we pretty much picked we weren't gonna win yeah. but we should at least lose with a little dignity exactly i think that's the best point you lose with dignity and you keep fighting i just felt like after this game just got to 21 nothing state let up they just didn't know what would work, and they just like they seemed like a bunch of kind of timid children out there right. to a bunch of grown men. That's why they got hurt so much. Yeah, and that's why they got abused. Cousins got knocked around. Dell got knocked out of the game. Like you were saying, other guys, Nickel gets the win knocked out of him for a little while. I mean, everybody, you know, guys, <laughs> I mean, those announcers, it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, every other moment, a state player's on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's a joke. Here's a quote from uh, Coach D'Antonio. He says, quote, we were outcoached, we were outplayed, and we were outphysicaled, and that's just the way it is. Uh, he says, uh, sometimes you get an avalanche come on you, and that's just what happens. And they were buried in this avalanche, uh, basically. And, I mean, he can admit it, at least. Yep. Uh, he knows it. Uh, you know, I felt, I felt real bad for actually Coach D'Antonio. You saw, him, you saw that look when he's walking out the field to see Saban. They are good friends. And, you know, even Saban. I know Saban didn't want to. He, he wasn't trying to run up the score. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. I will, I will not dog Nick Saban in any way for that because – what can you do when the Michigan State guys can't tackle anyone? So you can't. We, the guy's not just going to fall. Alabama's player's not going to just fall on the ground to not score. If you can't tackle anyone, you can't stop anyone. Well, too, that's too bad for you. And you see, D'Antonio just he seemed drained after that game. He just seemed like though you got punched in the gut a few times, and you know it was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't want to take away anything from this regular season. It was a magical year. It was a fantastic. I'll be proud to remember this year for the rest of my life. As a Spartan, this was a great year. Unfortunately, a bitter end. Uh, you know, there's a lot to look at next year. There's a lot. Uh, we are losing uh, 17 uh, seniors, so that, that's something that we're losing. Greg Jones, which is going to be our biggest loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, we're not really losing too many other guys, position player wise. Uh, but really, this team, they're going to have a tough road next year. And I think that's what I want to get to now is just talking a little bit more about looking at next season. Because, I mean, there's nothing more to say about this Alabama game. They got beat down as simple as that. If it was a closer game, I think we could dissect it more. There's not much to dissect. They just got abused. Mm -hmm. Okay, but if you want to look at next season, see, like I said, the favorable schedule we had this year. Not the same for next year. 
Okay, if you want to look at next year, we finish the non-conference slate at Notre Dame. Okay, then we start Big Ten playoff in October at Ohio State, home against Michigan, home against Wisconsin, and then at Nebraska. That is going to be a murderer's row five games. It really is. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. Especially, and we don't know where Michigan's at right now. Uh, you know, Michigan, they got, they got abused as well. In their uh, in their bowl game, fifty two to fourteen to Mississippi State. Who Mississippi State? If anyone wants to say, oh well, Michigan State lost just as bad as Michigan. Well, no, okay, Michigan Mississippi State is not close to as good of a team as Alabama. You don't even put those in the same category, okay? They both got beat down by you know by one by a great team and one by a good team, okay? They both just got embarrassed, okay? It's looking at next year. Big, you know, big questions. You got, you know, Terrell Pryor supposed to be suspended. Him and four other guys for the first five games of the season. Will they go to the NFL? Will they come back and not be playing in the game at Ohio State? That would be favorable for us. Obviously, that would be great. Then you know, home against Michigan, I see that as a win. Wisconsin at home, again, it's going to be a good game. At Nebraska, I don't know. It's going to be interesting and exciting to have Nebraska join the Big Ten. I'm excited for that. Nebraska, you know, perennially usually is a powerhouse team. They usually are pretty good. Unfortunately, it seems like every Big Ten school in the bowl games this year, well, okay, Illinois won. Good for them. They beat Baylor. Uh, Iowa, I think that could be one of the only saving graces. Iowa actually beat Missouri. So that does make us look a little better. Mm -hmm. Just a little. So it is a smidge. Mm -hmm. But other than that, this team was 0-5 on Saturday for all of you surrounded on ABC and ESPN and every other station in the world. Penn State lost to Florida. You know, Northwestern lost to Texas Tech. Wisconsin lost to TCU. Nebraska even lost to Washington a few days before that. And no one saw that coming. Okay? So, you know, just for the Big Ten's sake, it's a little unfortunate to see them get that, beat that bad in bowl games. Just every team. Every team. But, you know, looking at next year, I think the one thing you need to look at, especially um, is the defensive line and the offensive line. The defensive line, you know, we talked about William Golston earlier in the season. He was only a freshman, uh, really didn't play a lot this year. But uh, him and Tyler Hoover, uh, like they, in this article from the DET News, uh, you know, they need to start making, they need to be, they need to beef up, and they need to start making some strides to be the leaders on that side of the football. They need to be able to do that. Jarrell Worthy, you know, he's only a sophomore this year, and he really did play a darn good season this year. But again, it wasn't just him. The whole line got just attacked. They were just attacked. The defensive line by the offensive line of Alabama, vice versa, they were just pushed around. Absolutely pushed around. Now here, a little quote again from D'Antonio. He says, quote, The game of football sort of teaches you to get up after you've been knocked down. You have to get back up on your, on your own two feet and play. That's what this game teaches you. It was a lesson learned today, and that's what I hope. I hope this team has learned in the spotlight after a great season and you know in a huge game, can they grow up from this? Cousins will be back next year. Mm-hmm. Cunningham won't have a broken foot anymore. Mark Dell won't be you know like just obliterated dead on the ground. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna have our, a lot of our guys back. You know, can this team grow up from their mistakes and learn from them? Because like I said, next season the schedule will not be as easy. And for all you Spartan fans out there, need to let you know Don Treadwell, our offensive coordinator, no longer with us. He uh, took the head coaching job at the Miami of, at Miami of Ohio. So we do need a new offensive coordinator. Not a big deal, really. We'll find one. So, I mean, really all in all, I mean, like you said, I mean, your final sentiments on the season, final, just final thoughts. Final thoughts. It was a good season. It was a very good season. Very good us. season, yes. And like you said, one that will be remembered for years to come, obviously, because mm-hmm. we we put up the most wins we've ever put up. Um, as for next season, it's going to be, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now. I didn't have it up when you were looking at it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot more difficult. And with returning players, we have a lot of returning players just because we're losing Greg Jones. One player isn't the team. No. And, I mean, he's definitely a big key player. And, I mean, we're losing Aaron Bates, too. You know, yep. our, our cool special, you know, whatever plays we did. Quarterback like, when we need him to be one. <laughs> exactly. And our great punter. Trick plays and everything. We're losing him. Good and, captain, too. Right. And it's uh, next year's up in the air. I mean, 
I, we can't really tell till the season comes around, but I think it'll maybe not as good as this year, but it'll still pe- be a pretty decent season, you know. And uh, uh, final thoughts on the season: it was good. It, it didn't end well, but other than that, yeah, I, I'm pretty impressed with it. No, me too. I mean, again, a bitter end, an embarrassing end. Uh, um, sorry for all you Wolverine fans. I'm happy you guys got beat up too, because if you guys would have won, I just would have crawled under a rock. <laughs> I could, I couldn't have stand that. So, I mean, I guess that was kind of a saving grace. I mean, no offense to Michigan fans. or I mean, like, I usually root for Michigan, but when we got beat up that bad, no, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, a couple other quick just bowl games that happened for anyone who just did not catch them. Oklahoma beat Connecticut in uh, their bowl game. Again, like I said, TCU won the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin 21-19. to uh, Like I said, Washington beat Nebraska in what, in what would I would say is one of the bigger upsets uh, so far in the bowl season. Also, great win by Iowa, 27-24 over Mizzou. And uh, basically, you got a huge game tonight. Stanford against Virginia Tech. Um, it should be a fantastic game. Uh, if you want to catch it, it's going to be on at 8.30 on ESPN. Uh, it should be a really good matchup. Should be a really good game. I'm actually that's one of the more it's one of the last bowl games that I'm more excited for. I'm actually very excited for that. Really, there's only about seven bowl games left. You have uh, tomorrow. Ohio State is going to be playing Arkansas in the Sugar Bowl, and then I don't know why Middle Tennessee University is going to be playing Miami of Ohio on January 6th. So for all you uh, big fans of the Red Hawks, uh, <laughs> make sure to DVR that one. And then uh, you definitely then you have LSU and Texas A&M on the seventh. Pitt and Kentucky on the 8th, Nevada and Boston College on the 9th, and next Monday, the BCS National Championship game, Oregon-Auburn, very excited for that game, two powerhouse teams, should be good stuff. But that's just for all you people that were busy. Because honestly, when I go back home, you know, I do. I did watch a lot of games. But at the same time, I'm not online that much. Mm-hmm. So like, I only catch. I don't read as many articles. I just catch kind of things on ESPN here and there. Things on the ticker. So I can, you know, that's the thing. When I go home, I kind of miss a lot. Like here, I'm just in tuned to what's going on. But back home, like I'm seeing friends. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But all right, I think yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Again, you know, really good season for you Spartans out there. I didn't mean to, you know, knock you down. Like I said, I was very happy with this whole season. Unfortunately, you got beat up in the ball game. But you know what? We'll move past that. We have a whole season coming up, and it's just time to get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's move on to our Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions played Sunday in their final game of the regular season against the Minnesota Vikings, and the Lions won. They won their fourth in a row, 20-13 to against the Vikes, and that's the first time this team has won four games in a row since 1999. So it has been a long time. All right, the Lions, you know, they got it done. Uh, now, this was a depleted Vikings team. Uh, you know, the Vikings did just play this last Tuesday in the, you know, the first, you know, Tuesday game since 1946. So they were on a very short week of football. Uh, you know, Joe Webb, who did play a fantastic game against the Philadelphia Eagles last Tuesday, he actually willed them to win that game, basically. You can't really expect the third string quarterback to come in and do that on a short week against a team at home. And the Lions, I mean, what can I say? They've won four in a row. They end the season six and 10, and that's good for them. That's good. Now, did did you watch some of this game? Yeah, I caught the last half. Okay. Um, I don't even know. Just them winning four games in a row I was unthinkable. I mean, you <laughs> and I were even a few weeks back, like five weeks ago. I just picked them to win this final yeah, game. I told this one, and then yeah. just, I don't even know. I'm, I was like kind of doing some work on my computer. You know, I write those articles. I'm doing my articles. I look up. Oh, another three points. Another seven points. All right, let's keep going. Wow, 13 so, like, enough. I know, right? And I mean, it, where was, like I said earlier, where was this team? That could pull off wins at the beginning or the middle of the season because obviously we you were saying you know these teams aren't great they're not the best teams out there that we beat yeah, yeah that we beat um, but you know we played some decent teams where we could have won and we didn't so where's this team you know coming from now and maybe is this kind of like a foreshadow to next season I think and that's a good question and that's actually the question I want to pose to our listeners what do you feel for the Lions next season I mean what do you expect from this team. Do you expect you know playoff contention? Would you be happy with a seven and nine, you know, an eight and eight, not getting into the playoffs, but just maybe a couple games better? Give me a call five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. I want to know what you guys think about the Lions for next season because when all the season's over, okay? Again, I said four great, you know, four wins in a row. That's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, that's great. But at the same time, like me and Megan have talked about, if you want to look at those four wins, okay, a win is a win, and I'll always stand by that. But let's keep it in context. They beat Green Bay with no Aaron Rodgers for most of the game. Okay, 7-3. to three. They won it, but again, you know, probably should have with Rodgers being out. 
Okay, they beat Tampa Bay, which I think is probably their best win of these four. But again, with the, if that offensive pass interference call was not made late in the fourth quarter against Tampa Bay, they would have been up four points, and then we would have no, they would have been up seven. Excuse me, and they would have needed, you know, we would have needed a touchdown to tie the game. Would have been a different story. And again, a depleted Vikings team on a short week. Not to mention a garbage Miami Dolphins team that completely imploded at the end of the year. I'm not making excuses for how for you know the Lions winning. All I'm saying is that they they beat teams they should beat, in my opinion. I know two of these games were on the road, but like I said, I was never impressed with three out of the four of these teams in the situations they were in. I know Green Bay's in the playoffs, but we're t- that with Aaron Rodgers and no Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay is a completely different monster. Okay? Now for next season. Next season's a big measuring stick. Mm-hmm. I think next season is a huge measuring stick for this franchise. This team should be in playoff contention when you're getting down to the final four or five weeks of the season. They better be. They better be. When you look at that board on ESPN, when they say, oh, division leaders, okay, wild card spots, in the hunt, guess what? We better be in the hunt. We better be. The NFC North is not great. It's really not. I mean, you look how the Vikings, after they're supposed to be Super Bowl contenders, they ended at 6-10. and 10. I have a question for you. Ask away. Okay. Um, so, I mean, coming up with the draft, we're 13th yep. in the draft pick, which, 13th. you know, is kind of a, a really odd place for, like, a team to be. Um, but where where do you think that we need to improve on? Where do we need to pick up, you know, some better players to get better for next year yeah. and maybe actually have a winning season? Uh, well, I definitely think this team needs to draft defense. Um, I think you need to, you know, shore up your secondary. This team needs cornerbacks. We've definitely been weak in the secondary all season. Uh, I know Alfonso Smith went out with an injury, and he had played decent for uh, a lot of the year, and he did get abused in that uh, New England Patriots game on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to get some better work in the like I said in the, in the secondary. You need you need line, draft linebackers, draft safeties, defensive ends, defensive tackles. Find some. Sp- I, this is not the best draft from what I hear for offensive linemen, but you know what. Dr- if they draft a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, I'm going to lose it. You, if you want to do that, you do that late in the draft, maybe. They need to get that defense better. The defense was decent this year. Dominic Sue was a beast, as we had said. Mm-hmm. Him and Calvin Johnson are Pro Bowl. They're going to the Pro Bowl. And Dominic Sue, 10 sacks. And what did you say? He was a half sack short? Yep, he was a half sack short of um, the rookie, I think. Um, yeah, he was a half sack short of actually uh, tying the rookie record, mm-hmm. I believe, for sacks in a regular season. I mean, he's... Like I, I, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sue is awesome, but you need to keep finding that kind of. You're not going to find that necessarily that great of a talent, you know, like a number two pick like Sue was. But at the same time, as we've said in the previous shows, I think it's better for the Lions to fall more in the draft than to have a three pick, to have a four pick, to have a five pick, because that forces your hand at taking a certain guy. You really don't have much wiggle room. Okay, when you fall, when you're around like, you know, anywhere from 9 to 12 to 13, 14 around there, you can really pick and choose more and you don't have to pay the guy as much money. You draft a guy at 2 or 3, you're guaranteed to be spending about $60 million on him. Okay, at 13, I think you can be more selective. And that's what this team needs to do. They not only need to be well at drafting in the first round and second round. I believe I could draft in the first round, in the second round. I want to see how this team drafts in the third round, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. That's where good franchises draft well. That's how good franchises get better. Free agency and doing well later in the draft. Finding that talent. Having good scouts. Having a great general manager. Really eyeing that talent. That's what they need to do. Uh, I hope Jason Hansen comes back. But if he doesn't, Dave Rayner, what a kid. 55-yard field goal in the second quarter. You know, 37-yard field goal in the third quarter. Dave Rayner, I mean, you know, Spartan alum. I love this kid. You know, he's been playing a great job. Took over the role very well after Jason Hansen went down. And, you know, if Hansen wants to come back, obviously come on right back. I mean, you've been with the team 20 years. And, you know, leading scorer for the Lions. So, I mean, what can you say? But um, looking at the Lions right now for the offseason, um, the Lions have finally actually started to talk about some of their injuries more and like how these players are doing. And, okay, I guess running back Javid Best says he does not need surgery to repair his turf toe injuries, but he has been, I guess, encouraged to stay off his feet for eight weeks, uh, the free press is reporting. Um, here, uh, The question was asked how difficult was him to play with those injuries. He said, quote, the biggest thing it does is it changes your style of play. I didn't feel like I could cut or explode the way I normally could. And I think that was something we talked about mm-hmm. a lot, that he just didn't look the same mm-hmm. out there running the ball. He just didn't have that, ex- that, that burst that he had earlier. 
Um, if you want to look at, okay, middle linebacker DeAndre Levy, um, he's going to have groin surgery January 18th in Philadelphia. Uh, cornerback Chris Houston, um, you know, he's got a he's got a shoulder thing that he's going to just be working out. Uh, and Luis Delmas, uh, he's got a groin thing that sh- he's not going to need surgery for it either. And offensive lineman Steven Peterman, um, yeah, he's uh, his foot, you know. So actually, all these guys, I guess, yeah, they're all going to be hitting the operating table at some point. So... You know, they, they, they need to all get healthy. Better now than later. Yeah, better now than later. Uh, like you said, you got to get it done in the draft. you got to get it done in free agency. And you need to work hard in the offseason. You can't just wait till you get to training camp in July. These teams need to be really just working even harder, you know, earlier than other teams might be working. Right. And it's – you saw – we saw spurts of, you know – good things coming out of them in these last couple games. So I guess just keep working on what they were doing to actually start winning like that and beating teams, I guess. And I, I think next season could actually, like you said, it's a measuring stick for for, uh, for our team. And I just think if we just keep working on what was going well and what we were doing well, that next year could be definitely surprising. A surprising season for the Lions. No, definitely. And I, I hope so. I mean, it's, like you said, the team has potential. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, on Matt Stafford's case with his shoulder, he says, quote, his shoulder is uh, getting better, um, he, but he wouldn't uh, comment on uh, you know how soon he would be able to return, like let, let's say hypothetically if the season was still going. But he says, quote, I'm pretty close to 100%. Uh, quote, the next month or so will probably be when I start feeling really good. So this guy's got to stay healthy. He is our franchise. He's our guy. It's what we paid him all this money for. He needs to be healthy for a whole season. We can't be having second and third stringers always in there. Okay, and a final quick little message for all of our listeners. Offensive guard Rob Sims on Coach Jim Schwartz's final message to the team today. Quote, that we got something to build on, that we came and did what we set out to do as far as the month of December, and let's hope it's the first of many. We've done some stuff around here that hasn't been done in a long time. We all think that we got it right in front of us. I think everybody's bought in. I think that it's going to be good in the future. And that's what I liked. This team needed to end on this kind of note to have that mentality. You don't really know in the NFL if this will have a carryover effect. There's a long time they sell, till they start playing football again. But at the same time, it's good for these players to know they ended this season strongly. And now it's up to the front office to do their job, to draft well, to do well in free agency, like I said. Come April, we'll see how they do in the draft. But listen, we're going to take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we get back, we're going to get to men's uh, college basketball here. Little Pistons, little Red Wings. Stay tuned. This is Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. I'm out of here. Th- thanks again, man. It was good. Wait, time. you were uh, you were hitting it pretty hard tonight. Are you, are you good to drive? Heck yeah! I am amazing at driving. Yeah, man. You sure? I mean, I can call a cab, or we fine. can uh, we can get somebody to take you home. Yeah, you know? yeah don't worry. I'm good. Okay. Uh, hey, text me when you get back. Okay. Stop right there. This is stupid. He's drunk. Friends don't let friends drink and drive. Ever. A message from 88.9 The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights from 8 until 10 p.m., The Impact Flashback is your retro music alternative, playing your old favorites from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Only on Impact Primetime. In a world where radio was repetitive and mundane. In a time when FM is plagued by the same 15 songs. An army of new songs are called to battle. And only the strongest survive. Every Sunday night from 8 till 10. Sit or spin. Only on Impact 89 FM. Now, back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave and Megan here with you. And we are going to get to some college basketball right now. Um, actually, as we speak, the Spartans are playing right now uh, against Northwestern. They're uh, at Northwestern tonight. Um, the Spartans now are 18 in the new uh, Associated Press poll, and I believe 19 in the coaches poll. Uh, the Michigan State Spartans did play the Minnesota Gophers to kick off Big Ten play uh, this New Year's Eve on Friday, and they did win the game. Uh, they won it, uh, I believe it was uh, what, 72-61, or 71-62. It's like one of the 
71-62. So, okay, they won by nine. And uh, they really played a bad first half. Um, I, did, I only caught a little bit of this game. I was kind of, I was really running around at this point of the day. But um, they were down 28-22 to 22 at the half. They were down six. Really shot like 25% from the field the first half. Uh, just played a pretty dreadful first half. But they did get it together. Uh, they really played a really great second half of basketball. Outscored the Gophers 49-34 to 34 in the second half, which is quite impressive compared to the 22 they put up in the first half. So, you know, the Spartans now, like I said, are 18th in the country. 9-4, uh, and 1-0 in the Big Ten. And we are playing, we're playing, the, you know, Northwestern right now. So if you want to, you can tune into that game. It's on uh, the Big Ten Network uh, right now. And uh, did you catch any of this game? Because, like I said, I only caught a little bit of it, so it's hard to get a real feel uh, right. for what happened. But uh, just looking, I guess, at the box score, uh, you know, they shot 42% from the field, so they really got that uh, field goal percentage up from that dreadful first half uh, that they had. Um, I guess they shot okay from three-point land. 33% definitely could do a little bit better. Uh, turnovers, though, only eight. Forced uh, Minnesota the 14 turnovers, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very good. Barely out-rebounded Minnesota, out-rebounded them by one. So basically that's negligible. What I like, the biggest stat that jumps out to me is the assist. We had 21 assists to Minnesota's nine. That means we are really passing the ball well. And I think that came in the second half. The team got the ball moving around, and that's what you need. You need to get that ball moving around well to create good shots for your players, especially a guy like Darrell who really caught fire in the second half. Darrell Summers ended the game with 19 points. Uh, You know, played a real good game. And I know we talked about this with Darrell. He's hot and cold, mm-hmm. and I really like to see Darrell kind of take a more assertive role in this offense. I want him to demand the ball more. He's he's a great shooter, and he's great at creating his own shot, too, at, at, a, at a time. Not as good as Kalen Lucas or anything, but he's still good at creating his own shot. I want him to command the ball more. He's good enough to do it. He needs to shoot more times a game. He's a shooter. He's got to keep it up. Draymond Green, I mean, basically all of our five played a good game. Uh, you know, Keith Appling, you know, he really he didn't really do anything. I played 21 minutes. He had zero points. But uh, if you look at the rest of the guys, Delvon Rowe finished with 11. Draymond finished with 14. Kalen with 10. Darrell with 19. Uh, you know, Corey Lucius with 11. Like I said, they got the ball really to everyone. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a very good thing to see with this team because uh, that's a big deal. When you have guys that just basically are just taking the ball down the court and just always trying to do it themselves, whether it's one guy or not, and you're not passing the ball, it's easy for defenses to lock onto you, especially if they're playing a zone. Because if you're playing a zone, then you can't just beat your guy off the ball man-to-man. It's going to be a lot tougher, and that's when the ball movement comes into play. Getting good shots, being patient. That's why you have 35 seconds to a shot clock, which I think is absurd. I've always said this. I hate this about college basketball. Mm-hmm. Shot clock should not be 35 seconds. What do you think this is? I mean... But uh, to the to the you know the AP rankings still uh, anyhow uh, you know right now if you look at the AP rankings uh, Duke Ohio State and Kansas are one two and three so Duke again still on top have they haven't lost and uh, you know uh, Purdue number eleven in the Big Ten you know they're looking good Illinois twenty you know like I said Ohio State's uh, two uh, Wisconsin uh, they received votes but they were not ranked they did beat Minnesota uh, earlier in the week. But uh, Minnesota fell out of the top 10. Uh, I'm sorry, out of the top 25, excuse me, after uh, suffering two losses. So the Big Ten, as we've said, is very good. It's very good this year. It's not going to be as easy as it was last year, as you saw Michigan State, I believe, get out to an 8 or 9-0 and record against the Big Ten. I'm not seeing the same things for this year. But, Megan, mm-hmm. looking at this team, I know we didn't either of us really didn't catch this game on Friday, but just you know, from hearing what we you know hearing about the game, you know, how do you think these Spartans are going to start the fair in Big Ten play? Hmm. I mean, from what I've seen with them, we started off second. I know rankings don't mean not, any, much. Went yeah, not 20, right now. Not right no. now. Went up to 20, back down to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting there. I mean, there are definitely some things that they're doing well. Some things they're improving on. Like you said, turnovers. Turnovers were a huge thing. Yeah, it was um, a huge problem. Huge problem with us earlier in the season. We had, what, like between like 15 and 17 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 20 and then 18 yeah, and 16. And, and yeah. That's one thing that they're definitely improving on, is I, I, from what I can see in the statistics right now. Um, moving the, the ball around, you know, that's one thing. Um, they, and... It's they're they're getting there. I mean, they. I don't know how many people get annoyed and tell me they're like your Spartans aren't doing very well, and I'm like, well, yeah, they aren't, and yeah, they do need to win some games during the regular season. But we're a team built for more March than we are for November, December. Oh, we definitely are. And they're they're improving, and that's what they need to do. Is they need to do 
<laughs> they need to do the things wrong now rather than later in the season. Yeah. No, and, they need to fix, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the way I see it. And I just, with Big Ten and everything, they just need to come in, come in strong. Just work on what they need to, and turnovers are starting to, you know, yeah, they're go, starting down to go down and everything. And I just, I think they'll do fine. I do, too. I mean, I think that they're slowly starting to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was very happy to see that they, you know, figured it out at, at halftime playing Minnesota. Um, you know, because that's the thing. I, I didn't catch much of the game, like I said, but I did see the score at halftime and thinking that's not good. 22 points in the half. You know, you're at home. Again, you almost feel like this holiday hangover thing that these players get always around this time of year is going to happen again. <laughs> but they played a great second half of basketball, and that's important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now this is – I know I won't be able to, we won't be able to catch this whole game by any means, but this is going to be a good game. Um, I, I can assure it. Uh, this game against Northwestern, Northwestern is 9-2. and two. Uh, They are 0-1 in the conference, but they are not a slouch of a team. Uh, you know, this team has never made it into the tournament, and trust me, they got fire lit under their butt to finally get in this year. And everyone always talks, is this finally Northwestern's year? Is this finally the year that they bust into the tournament? I don't know. It might be. They look pretty good. Uh, John Sherna, who I can't stand, that guard over there out in Northwestern. He's uh, he's extreme, extremely talented, and uh, he's one of the best players. Um, he leads the Big Ten right now with 22.2 points per game, but I guess he was limited to only 11 points in the 82-69 loss that Northwestern fell to Purdue on Friday. So, you know, basically, honestly, what hurt this team, what hurt Northwestern last year was the fact that Dan Sherna, he suffered a sprained ankle, you know, back on December 23rd. And he just never really recovered for the rest of the season. Okay, but this game against Northwestern is important. Now, we have won six straight road games against the Wildcats. Okay, they need to win this game. They really do. They need to They need to just start strong in the Big Ten. Like I've said, rankings don't matter too much. The non-conference play, you love to see them beat a better opponent in non-conference play to get some confidence for when you might play these kinds of teams in the tournament. But when it comes to conference play, and you're going to be playing most of these teams two times, they need to play well. They just need to play well. If they get beat in a competitive game, we've said this before, I'll accept it. But if they play sloppy kind of basketball, I'm going to lose it. Sloppy basketball is the one thing I can't stand. The one thing I did notice that you you kind of touched on a little bit earlier is they played better in the second half. And yeah. that's one thing I've noticed about our team is we do – the thing is we can't dig ourselves too big of a hole yeah. that we can't come back. And I don't think we've really quite done that yet. Um, well, I don't want them to, but we haven't done that yet. And um, But that's, that's the thing. It, it's better to be better in the second half than it is in the first. And at least they're doing it that way rather than being really good in the first half and then just totally dying in the second half. Yeah. And that's, that's just one thing I've, I've noticed about our team throughout the year, the games I've attended, the games I've watched and everything. And I, I think that's one thing that um, helps them out, I think, in the long run. No, definitely. I mean, you definitely want to be able to play well in the second half. And I think you alluded to you know, the point that you don't want to play that bad in the first half, you know, dig a hole, like you said, that you can't get out of. But it is nice to see that this team can make that, those halftime adjustments. Mm-hmm. It's very important mm-hmm. for a team to be able to go into the locker room and figure out well, what do we have to change up here? What's not working? Are we getting beat on the pick and roll? You know, what's happening? What lineup, you know, what lineup changes can we make? You know, but, you know, basically a quote from Tom Izzo here after the first half, which is, like I said, was dreadful. We were down six. Spartan shot 25% from the free, uh, from the field. Tom Izzo says, you know, quote, it was frustrating. But I wasn't upset because I thought 90% of the shots we took were good shots, Coach, Izzo, Coach Tom Izzo said. He said, quote, I told them at halftime to just keep shooting, to just keep shooting. And I obviously he said more than that. Oh, yeah, let's be honest. But uh, to just keep shooting is true. When you got a team that is struggling to shoot, you can't get down on that. You can't get down on them for that. Shooters got to keep shooting. That's just the rule of the game. You keep on shooting. You look for better shots. And like I said, with the amount of sits, you look to create better shots when you're struggling. Not tough fadeaways. Not not ridiculous three pointers. But just nice, well formulated plays. And I think they did that in the second half. So hopefully, when we get out of this show, mm-hmm. they're up. They're they're winning or they're doing something decent. I hope so. Because uh, you know, if you want to look at their schedule coming up, uh, basically, like I said, they are at Northwestern tonight on January eighth. They will be at Penn State, and then after that, we have Wisconsin and Northwestern again at home on the eleventh and the fifteenth. And I'm not going to go beyond that because that's the next half of the month. But you know, so Northwestern, Penn State, Wisconsin, Northwestern—that's not the easiest road. But this is Big Ten. None of it's going to be easy. I'm expecting big things from them. The way they talked at the beginning of the season, I expect nothing less than the best from them this year. And uh, they haven't been showing it yet. 
but no? hopefully, hopefully soon. Hopefully starting, well, starting with Minnesota, obviously, but moving on from there, going on through tonight and through the next few games, you know, you just rambled off right there. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, they need to start winning. They yeah. do. And they need to start going on winning streaks rather than winning one, losing one, winning one, winning one, losing one, you know, like that kind of thing exactly. like they've been doing. And they just need to kind of climb their way up and get better. And yeah. that's that's all you can really ask from them. To learn from their mistakes right. that's is all my can, thing, yeah. That's all you can really ask from them right now, um, just to, to build on what they're doing right and to fix what they're doing wrong. And by the time the next few months come around, they'll hopefully start winning yeah. like they should be. I mean, definitely easier said than done, but at the same right. time, like it seemed like you said, what what was projected at the pre at, you know the preseason you know, for college basketball, I mean, preseason number two, you know, you expect this team to be a formidable opponent against anyone they're practically playing. And, you know, like I said, the Big Ten's strong, but they're not they're not elite, okay? The Big Ten is not just, you know, a powerhouse conference. They do have a lot of decent teams. But if you're gonna if you're gonna win it all, you have to beat decent teams, okay? It's beating I like this better that you have a little bit tougher of a Big Ten schedule before the tournament, because it prepares you for the tournament. Mm-hmm. You need to have some of those tough losses at times and you need to have those close wins. It, it, it's just it's a learning curve. These players need that. I know these players are a little bit older. They're not sophomores anymore. Guys like Lucas or guys like, you know, uh, Darrell Summers. But at the same time, you know, you need to, you know, just need to learn from your mistakes, learn from tough losses or close wins. And you know what? Hopefully they can do that. I mean, they're only 9-4. We have a lot of games left. You know, Mm -hmm. the season does not end until March 5th. So we have, you know, a full, a full, you know, two months, roughly. Exactly about two months of basketball here before the tourney gets going. So, you know, let's go Michigan State. Go Spartans tonight. Uh, wish you all the best of luck. All right, but we're going to move on past the Michigan State Spartans because we only have an hour. Maybe one of these shows will be like an hour and a half. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, we're going to get on to uh, just the Pistons real quickly. Uh, nothing nothing too fancy to talk about with them. <laughs> yeah. But um, the Pistons, actually, they're playing tonight. Uh, they're going to be playing the Utah Jazz at Utah. And a real quick question just to our listeners. What do you think the chances are the Pistons are going to make the playoffs? Give me a call, 517-432-3893. Uh, like I said, the Pistons are playing the Utah Jazz tonight. They're 11, now, the Pistons are 11-22. Okay, uh, They just got beat up real bad on uh, Friday night against the Phoenix Suns. They lost this game 92-75. to um, You know, embarrassed. But at the same time, uh, this goes back to what we've talked about. Th- this team being so schizophrenic. Because they beat Boston on Thursday, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday. No, it was uh, it was Wednesday. Excuse me. They beat the Boston Celtics by like 14 points, and the Boston Celtics are like tied for the top of the Eastern Conference. They beat a t- they can beat a team like Boston, but then they lose on the road to a team like Phoenix. And Phoenix is a very mediocre team. They're not that good. And I mean that's just the mystery of this ball club that I can't get past. Is that? They can beat the you know you beat team like the Hawks. You can beat a team like New Orleans in overtime. You know you can win these tough games, but then you play a team like the Toronto Raptors and lose by twenty five. Like I just don't get that. I don't understand that. But I mean, like I said, they play tonight. They've lost eleven straight to the Jazz actually. So honestly, anyone looking to watch this game probably going to be disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I have to be honest. I think you're going to be disappointed. I would love to see a win. Uh, but they're right now they're nine point dogs, so that's kind of rough. But this team they still have a lot to work on. I think it's more about you know chemistry. Uh, John Kuster came out and uh, talked to the free press, you know, basically saying you know if a player thinks something will work better, then talk to Kuster, then talk to him. And I agree with that. You know, feel free to suggest it. Kuster says, "quote It's a game of communication. We have got to make sure we continually communicate the whole time." And I agree with that. It's very important. It's important for this team and all of its players to be on the same page. To be on oh, this contact. I'm going to rip out my contacts before the end of the show. For all you listen, I hate contacts. I'm going to get LASIK eye surgery as soon as I can. Yeah, I it's wish. A, it's a joke. It's contacts. Okay. Back to the Pistons. Sorry to disrupt everything. But um, like I said, it's the lack of adjustments that this team has been making at halftime. They were getting abused by the pick and roll by the Suns on uh, Friday night, and they never they never fixed it. The Suns had a small lineup, and for, for the Suns having a small lineup to say the Pistons were bigger than them, that's crazy because the Pistons have been outsized most of the, against almost every opponent. My thing for the Pistons, they're three games out of the eighth spot right now for the playoffs. I know we're only 33 games into the year, but hey, that's more than a third of the way through the season, and a lot can happen. When you're only three games still out of the out of the, you know the eighth spot in the East, you have a chance. As bad as they've been playing, the bad the bottom half of the East is absolute trash. 
Okay, this team can start start to figure it out. They have a chance to squeak in, and that's all I want to see. I want to see this team make the playoffs. Just do it. Just do it. Just Famous words of Dave over here. Just, just do it. Just do it. Okay. <laughs> We know they're listening to us out there. I think so, yeah. Think so, they're all, yeah. Instead of preparing to practicing for the game right now in Utah, they're tuned in to the Spartan Sports Rap. <laughs> Just do it. Thanks a lot, Rip. All right. But uh, real fast, I forgot to get to this when we were talking about the NFL. I just want to let all of our listeners know what the uh, NFL, uh, the wild card weekend coming up here on Saturday and Sunday, uh, what the matchups are. Uh, on Saturday, January 8th at 8 p.m., you have the New York Jets at the Indianapolis Colts. And then on that Sunday... Uh, for the AFC, you have Baltimore at Kansas City for a 1 o'clock game. And uh, out of those games right now, if I had to pick them, which I'll just pick them real fast, uh, Indianapolis is going to beat the Jets. Baltimore will beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see if I'm right. What do you, you got to pick? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. Just pick, pick Jets and KC so we both have two opposite picks. Okay, I picked the opposite of Dave. All right, there we go. <laughs> we'll probably end up breaking even. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, let's see. Uh... The next games, okay, for the NFC on Saturday at 4.30 of the New Orleans Saints playing the Seattle Seahawks. And for all you fans of football, which I love football, I was so excited to see a 7-9 football team get into the playoffs. First time in NFL history, a team below 500 has made the playoffs. So that's right, Detroit Lions, there's hope. Okay. <laughs> there's always hope. There's always hope. If the Seahawks can get into the playoffs, a team that lost seven of their, last, of their final ten games, there's a chance. For the Lions. I think they need to redo these brackets. I think the Lions should be in there. Oh, they should. With our last four wins. Yes. <laughs> Just put the, yeah, put the Lions against put the Lions there. against the Saints. The Come Packers. on. We don't want the Packers in there anymore. No. And then the final matchup for uh, Sunday at 4.30 is going to be the Green Bay Packers against the Philadelphia Eagles, which is actually the game I'm most excited for. Uh, Michael Vick, uh, Aaron Rodgers, that should be a great game. Um, it's going to be a good month of football. These looks like some great matchups. Again, the other the other four teams that have buys because uh, they were one and two in the conference. New England was number one. They get a buy, and Pittsburgh gets a buy as well. In the NFC, Atlanta gets a buy as being the number one seed, and Chicago is the number two seed. So those are your teams in the playoffs, and we will definitely talk more about that next week when these games are done and we actually get to divisional matchups. I'll have my picks by then. You'll have your picks? I will. All right, good. Okay. You got to study, and I'm we'll see studying. what happens. I'm doing homework before I even go back to school. No. <laughs> you guys better be excited. It's better that. homework, though. I'd rather uh, do yeah, that homework right. every day of the week. Hey, I'm taking a sports journalism class, so... Oh, that's sweet. See, I'll be doing some homework with sports throughout the whole entire semester, but yes, you're right. This is more exciting to me. No, definitely. <laughs> Rather than actually having to do it for a grade. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, looking right now, actually, at the... Uh, oh, great. I, I love it. I close out of the tab. Uh, no. <laughs> but the uh, the Red Wings, uh, they actually they played the Philadelphia Flyers yesterday at 5 o'clock at the Joe. And they lost to the Flyers 3-2. to two. Uh, This was the first time they had actually lost to the Philadelphia Flyers since 1988. Ouch. Now... That sounds terrible. It really does. But again, you need to. Re- we need to keep in context the fact that they don't play the Flyers every year. Uh, the Flyers are in the Eastern Conference, and basically in the last 22 years, we are 14-0-2 against them. So, but the Flyers also—they're number one in the Eastern Conference right now. They are a very good team, and uh, it was a tough loss. They got down. They were 0-0 after the first period, three nothing after the second period. They tried to, you know, they. Tried to inch back in the third. Uh, they scored two goals to make it a game, but like Babcock says, when you're playing catch up hockey like that, you usually lose. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you might pull it out, but usually if you get down three goals like that, it's going to be a tough comeback. Not the easiest thing to get done. Uh, the Wings right now are tied for the uh, they're tied for the first seed in the Western Conference with the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, we're at 53 points. Uh, you know, it's going to be a battle. It's a battle, uh, as always, in the NHL. Eight points separate one through eight in the NHL, right in the Western Conference, excuse me. Uh, the Wings, they need to start playing a little bit better, or at least getting some games to overtime to get those OTL uh, points. Uh, the Wings are going to have a tough stretch. Uh, uh, come Tuesday, they're heading to Edmonton to start a five-game road trip. Uh, they won't be back in Detroit to play at the Joe until January 15th, uh, I believe against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Wings are going to have a tough road trip. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they can pull it together. 
Uh, I mean, I always have, I say to have the most faith out of any franchise in the Red Wings. Um, even when they've struggled the last week and a half or so, two weeks, they still are tied atop the Western Conference. So nothing to sneeze at. You know, this team is battling with injuries, with Cleary, Datsuk, Madonna being out. Uh, this team, though, I believe they are they are one of the most resilient teams, one of the best one of the best ran teams in the league. Ken Holland, Mike Illich, you know, Mike Babcock. Obviously, they are run hands down from top to bottom very well, very professionally, and I believe they will have they'll have it all figured out. You know, go out there and beat Edmonton on Tuesday. Edmonton is a garbage team. Go out and beat them. At least do well on this road trip. You like to see them, you know, get some wins out there. And a quick little shout-out to my boy Chris Osgood. He got number 400 last week against the Colorado Avalanche, and that's 400 wins. He ranks 10th all-time in uh, uh, wins for goalies, which is a phenomenal accomplishment. Uh, All the props and credit in the world out there to you, Chris Osgood. Very happy for you, and great to see you get it against the Avalanche. I know it wasn't at home, but who likes the Avalanche around here? They stink. No, they actually are pretty decent this year, but no one likes them. Nice to see you get it against them. Uh, who you know, no one will ever forget the days of the '98 that big that big fight with Wah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Dave's dying. I'm, <coughs> no, I'm fine. Uh, yeah, died in the final five minutes of the show. That'll be unfortunate. Uh, better than the first five minutes because that would be. I'd be over here like I don't know. They're just taking me out on the stretcher, and Megan's like I don't know what to do. <laughs> but um, okay, we got five minutes, so let's get to the facts. That's enough sports for now. And well, the bizarre facts for this week. What'd bizarre. Pick? I picked. What did I pick? I don't even know. Interesting facts for the week, isn't that what you? you no, I picked. Like I, 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 well, yeah, these are these are a little more bizarre. Oh, these I guess. are bizarre. These okay. are a little bizarre. So these are actually bizarre some of them. Facts. I say a few of them are bizarre. Most of them are more interesting. Okay. But it's about businesses, different businesses around the world, and okay. just different stuff. Eighteen uh, percent of American Americans' income is spent on transportation. So eighteen percent of that that paycheck you get goes to your gas, your public transportation. Repairs. I feel like it should be more. You almost think it should. I mean, some people with these crappy cars, I'm like, they're sinking so much money in this. And this is with gas at three nineteen. Uh, yeah, that's why. For three oh nine, it dropped. It dropped a dime over the weekend. Good for that. Yeah. Woo. Uh, yeah. Woo. <laughs> Thank God I don't have a car right now. Uh, Even though I really want one. Honestly, not the time it seems like to have one. No. In a sense, uh, winter and just these gas prices. Yeah. All right. Seven Eleven is the largest retail chain in the world. Largest. Well, it's a lot of Slurpees. Yeah, they're everywhere. Well, that's right, they are. Well, I lived in Singapore. There was, I think, one over you there. You lived in Singapore? Yeah. I never knew that. That's oh. insane. We'll talk about that later, though. Yeah, we'll talk about that next show. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. All right, let's see. According to research, the most productive workday is Tuesday. The least productive workday, who Monday? wants to guess? Monday. Friday. Oh. Nobody wants to do anything Friday. I feel like it could be either Friday or Monday. I agree. Because Monday, no one wants to do anything. Nobody wants to. Back, back at work, and yeah. then Friday, oh. they just want to be out of work. Right, yeah. You could, those are tied. <laughs> what is that based on? I don't know. Like it probably just some dumb survey. They interviewed a bunch of people. Oh, just like circle which day you work hardest. <laughs> uh, let's see the next one. American Airlines saved four, this. I love this one. Okay, listen to this one. American Airlines saved forty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty seven by eliminating one olive from each salad it served in first class. What? <laughs> what a smart move. That's great. Good for them. I just who would have thought? One I mean, who was olive. sitting there in that company thinking, "Let's get rid of one olive"? And who was actually counting their olives that were eating the salad? I know. I didn't get my one olive this time. I used to have eight, now it's seven. What is? Who wants seven olives in a salad? I know. I don't even really like olives that much. Olives are so gross. Uh, well, it depends on pizza. They're all right. Ew. Um, we're not sharing a pizza ever. Well, it depends. Uh, the green, I like the green olives. I like the the green olives. Uh, the black olives, eh? Not really. Just green move olives. on. Move on. All right, we're moving. <laughs> Americans write approximately fifty billion checks a year, making it the second most frequent payment method used after cash. Wow. It's true. I write. I write a lot of checks. I mean, usually for rent. Yeah. And you know, and consumers' energy and all that crap. Board of Water but, and Light. Oh yeah, BWL. <laughs> I really hate consumers. I'm sorry. I don't like Comcast. That's what I don't like. Comcast is a joke. They monopolize this whole area. True. And you know, like back home, you go back east, you have WoW. Like there's an option for WoW cable. I, I'm not talking about World of Warcraft for all you geeks out there. <laughs> I'm talking about WoW cable. Anyone on the east side of this state knows what I'm talking about. Well, Comcast. Also and it's cheaper. It's cheaper, and it's it's like the same. Comcast doesn't work half the time either. Finals week, it totally crapped out. I know. Me. I remember that. And I couldn't use my internet, and I was running around, and the library was full, and that internet didn't work, and so you're just. It's just to find down in the whole Midwest. <laughs> it's like oh. <laughs> 
finally started. I think it kicked on at like 11.45 at night. Finally, it got going again, roughly. Ugh. But uh, let's see. Uh, let's move on. Amtrak is the combination of the words American and track. Wow. Enlightening. <laughs> Moving on. Approximately 40% of the U.S. paper currency in circulation was counterfeit by the end of the Civil War. Yes. I've actually read that one before. I so, did too. Oh, I definitely did. Uh, but this one, though, I have not read, so it won't be a repeat for everyone out there. I've done so many. I got to really read. Because sometimes they filter in like a single one into like the same category. Because like, you know, business might go in with people and places and all this goofy stuff. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, approximately 7.5% of all off- office documents get lost. Interesting. Well, that's good to know when I fax stuff to places. All that hard work. That's why they're like, well, we never got it. Um, Well, you got it. Your idiot coworker, they lost it. All right, let's see. The final one. Bill Bowerman, founder of the shoe company Nike, got his first shoe idea after staring at a wall iron. This gave him the idea of using squared spikes to make the shoes lighter. And that's why Bill Bowerman is a bazillionaire. (laughs) Because he saw something in a waffle iron. Go waffle iron. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. But listen, uh, thanks to all of our listeners for tuning into this show. Uh, When we come back next week, school is going to be starting up again. So everyone's going to be back in town. So definitely we will be live again. So definitely stay tuned. My name's Dave Harinkiu. And my name's Megan. And you guys are listening to Spartan Sports Rap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.